Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. All right, today, uh, the title of the message is You Are Not Broken. Um, I really, this is, this is going to be, I mean, this is a tribute to my father-in-law. I, I asked Gigi, I wanted to make sure she was okay with it. Like, at, while I was in San Antonio, while I was in Texas, uh, helping and doing things, and, and honestly, there was, a big, there was a big part of me just keeping my hands busy because I haven't gone through that. I've, I've, I've had loss in my family, but I've never seen my wife like this before. And, and it was hard for me, it was, and it was uh, just to be in it for two weeks. Like, I absolutely did. I, I tried to keep myself busy, but I was doing things that were helpful for my mother-in-law and cleaning things out um, and stuff in the house. And in that, God was just speaking to me so much through my father-in-law's stuff. He, he was not a hoarder. He had a lot of things. He was not a hoarder. Uh, somebody gave me some better language this morning because they're like, man, I, I like how you're talking about your father-in-law. And I feel like I'm the same way. I have a bunch of lawnmowers that don't work and this and that. And he's like, it's not hoarding. He was like, this, I'm resourceful. <laughs> and, that's, and that's, you know what? I really felt that because, you know, if you hoard, you know, if you ever watch the TV show or whatever, you know, a lot of these people that are hoarders, they, they have an unhealthy attachment to things that serve absolutely no purpose in their life. They, 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 they absolutely don't need it anywhere. And despite what Gigi thinks, my Hot Wheels, my Pogs, and my stuff like that, they serve a purpose in my life. So that's not hoarding. That's, I don't know that that's resourceful, but it's memories for me. My father-in-law was not a, a hoarder. He, he had a lot of things, though. And if you just happen to walk into his backyard or into his shed, you might think, like, what is all this crap? There, there's, there's three weed whackers over here. There was there's some of the stuff that I didn't even know exactly what it was. I, there's you know, these air register, like air conditioning. I was like, what is he? These are like industrial size air conditioning fans. I'm like, is he going to hook this up to the house somehow? It's like, like, I mean, San Antonio is hot, but it's not, not like Florida. And I kept looking, and at face value, you might just see a bunch of broken pieces. You might just see a bunch of broken things. And as I started looking and really, I was, I was talking to God. And I was, I was talking to my father. And, I mean, he was still teaching me things as I was there. And I'm like, he didn't see anything as broken. He didn't see, he didn't see things or people as broken. He often saw, and there was this great uh, uh, Graham Cook quote, it says, God, uh, God doesn't see what's wrong, he sees what's missing. And I'm like, that is the essence of my father-in-law. That right there, he did not see, he would not come to a tool or a car or a person and think, God, what's wrong with you? This thing is broken beyond repair. No, he, he, I firmly believe, I never had this conversation with him, so I believe a lot of this was, I mean, 
I was in the things that he has acquired over years and years and years, and I felt like I got to know him even more. And I, I do, I friendly, he never saw things as broken, never saw something as wrong. He was like, what's missing? How can this still be used? Yes, maybe this weed whacker will never work again. But this part of it might help a, a different weed whacker to work. It might help a different person accomplish what they need to accomplish. He had cars that I don't think he was ever going to fix for himself, but honestly, he kept them because he was like, you know what, this may help somebody someday. I might, maybe I'll come across the other parts and I can fix it. And like, he saw value in everything. And at his funeral, I've, I've never been to a celebration of life like that. And yes, it was my father-in-law, and yes, it was, uh, you know, obviously carried a different tone than us just going and attending somebody else's, but I mean, I felt the presence of God so strong in there. And I love that my father-in-law was proved wrong, because he had told my mother-in-law, he said, when I die, don't do anything for me. Don't, don't have a funeral. Don't waste your money on that. He's like, nobody's going to come. Because he was a pretty quiet guy. He, he was the nicest, the sweetest, but he was never one that would be like, hey, let's throw a party and, and invite a bunch of people. My mother-in-law, all day long. Let's go to breakfast with somebody. Let's go to lunch, to dinner. Let's have people over. Let's have people over after church. Like, she's absolutely social. She wants people over all time of the night. My father-in-law, that's usually, I think, when he would, like, go to his shed or he might go outside or, you know, he'll talk to you if you engage him. Absolutely, he would never be rude about it, but that just wasn't who he is. And so he didn't, he didn't think anybody would come. And we had, I think there was over 200 people that showed up, people that drove cross-country just to pay respect. And I had to ask myself, I was like, Why? Why did he see himself like that? Why did he think he had no effect when he was clearly wrong? He left such a legacy. It was, there was multiple people that shared stories with us, that shared stories, even uh, the pastor, his pastor at the funeral, shared stories of, I would not be here if it wasn't for David showing me how to play the piano. If it wasn't for David putting a guitar in my hand, if it wasn't for David playing while I sang, and so many of these people, it, it spoke so much to me of, do we properly value other people? Do we properly value who they are and where they are? To me, my father-in-law did that well. He did that so well. He took as a musician, he had been a musician since he was a kid. When he was young, when he was 17, 18, he was in, in, uh, in Texas in very popular bands. He played the saxophone. He was, the pictures of him back then, like, it honestly, is how I see him in heaven. Like, it was like Zoot Suit era. Like, he was the coolest. He had sunglasses at his wedding. Like, he played the saxophone. I mean, he was the epitome of cool. 
And so as a musician, you want to have a level of, hey, I want to be skilled at this. I want the people around me to be skilled. And that's justified. Me and Gigi have been there in the years that we've played and done ministry. Um, but my father-in-law showed me a side of valuing people that are not where you think they should be. When somebody comes up to you, what legacy really is, is valuing people where they're at. Seeing, okay, I know your potential. I know what God says about you. I'm going to assess where you are right now. And no matter where you are in life, I am not, you're not broken. There's nothing, you know, everything can be learned. Every instrument that, that he taught somebody, he put Gigi, he saw value in Gigi when she was, what, 10 years old? He put her on the drums, gave her a headset. He was like, I need, he needed a drummer and he needed a backup singer. Who looks to a 10-year-old to fill that? But it's because of what he did that Gigi, her brother, her sister, like they've all played their part in worship. They've all led people. I mean, you see what Gigi does week in and week out for us here. That was all, see her dad leaving a legacy, seeing, hey, I see the value in this. Now I'm not going to get an immediate return a lot of the things that he has at his house is not immediate return. You don't take a busted lawnmower and think, all right, this is going to make me some money or serve me, you know, serve its purpose right now. No, he, you have to look past it. You have to see the value. And, and when I was looking around and asking God for, for a scripture to help me explain this and bring some understanding to it, he brought me, it was Colossians 1, 19 through 23 in the Passion Translation. It says, for God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Even though you were once distanced from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and Father God. He sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. If indeed you continue to advance in faith, assured of a firm foundation to grow upon, never be shaken from the hope of the gospel you have believed in. And this is the glorious news I preach all over the world. When I, when I sat and I asked the Holy Spirit, you know, what do I convey? I mean, at the end of the day, honestly, I was like, I just, I just want to honor my father-in-law. Like, if this doesn't hit home, if, this doesn't, if there's nothing you take from this, like, thank you at a minimum like, for allowing me to honor this man that has given me so much. But when I was asking God, when I saw my father-in-law's legacy that he did not believe was there, don't throw me a funeral, don't do nothing because nobody's going to come, could not have been more wrong about that. He said, legacy starts with valuing people 
where they are at? Are we, are we seeing people? Verse 20 is, is the standard to me. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Do you see people back to their original intent and restored to innocence again? The picture that I got is, is, is a newborn baby. Like, is there anything more innocent, more that you can see the original intent of God than in a newborn baby? That baby is not doing anything for you. It is not contributing to your bills. It is taking your money. It is taking your sleep. It is t sometimes taking little pieces of your sanity. But to properly value, if you properly value that child and refuse to see it any other way than how God does, then its original intent and constantly restored to innocence, that is how you leave legacy. That is how you value a person into their call with God. That is how you value somebody in saying no matter no matter how many detours you take, no matter what condition you come to me in, I don't see you as broken. There might just be some pieces missing. I don't see you as broken. I don't see you as unrepairable. I just see you as, you know what? Eventually, maybe, maybe I need to connect you with another piece of the body, with, a, with somebody else to say, hey, this is how together you can accomplish the mission that God has called for you. I believe that Gigi's dad did that for me. The first time, I believe it was the first time, might have been the second time, that, that I met Gigi's dad, that I really spent some time with him. They lived three hours away. We were in West Michigan, we were in Holland, and Gigi had a 95 Geo Prism back then, and I, I loved that car. I did not have a car. I was just bumming off of her everywhere. So to me, as a dad, looking at his daughter that has a boyfriend that wants to come meet me and doesn't even have his own car, 17 years old, that's already one strike. I really wanted to go and spend the day with her parents. And so we're going, and he calls, and he says, hey, Jimmy, I, I don't think you guys should take the prism. He's like, it's, it's, it's been, it was in her family for a while, had a lot of miles on it. Around town, short trip, like it drove great. It didn't seem to have any problems, but he was concerned. Well, I was 17, knew everything, and I was like, no, it'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. And her, <laughs> Gigi's mom didn't help because she was telling me, she's like, no, Jimmy, it's a four-cylinder, so you can't go above 75 miles an hour. And I was like, I've never heard that logic before that the cylinders had to do with how fast I could go in the car and she didn't know that I'd already been above 75 miles an hour in that car so I knew that that wasn't true and I was like no it'll be fine I really want to come and meet you guys so we're gonna we're gonna head up there so we're going and we're about two hours into the drive and I was stupid 17 
dude pulled up next to me, and we were on the highway, and he starts messing with me. So I, last I looked down, we were at like 90, 95, in a 95 Geo Prism. And that thing started shaking, and next thing I knew, the transmission's completely gone. So we're on the side of the road, and I'm just like, Gigi's dad is going to kill me. He told, this is exactly what he said. I did the thing exactly what he said not to do, and I went over 75, so her mom and her dad are going to be mad at me. We were an hour away, so her dad had to drive an hour to come get me, and granted, this is 17-year-old Jimmy who thought he was a gangster. In my all-green, like, wind pants, I had football jersey on, I had my big Vin Diesel necklace, like, fast print, like... I mean, I, I, I never had a chance. <laughs> what she saw in me, I don't even know. But now that her dad had to come, and he never said a word. He got there. He wasn't mad. He was like, are you guys okay? Yeah. So he towed the car, ended up towing it to a mechanic shop, then drove us an hour home, got, later on got the car, put the transmission in himself. I attempted to help. I was not any help. And when we get done, and I'll never forget, we get done, and it was in his neighbor's garage because they had room. And so he's finishing up. He's like, all right, you guys should be go to take the car back. He's like, just drive carefully because we had to get the car back for Gigi. And I was like, well, what is this? And there was like three extra bolts sitting. I was like, he's like ah, that's fine. He's like, it's, it runs. I tested it. And I'm like, I'm going to drive three hours back. There is three bolts missing. And to me, I'm like, if the bolt was there, it should still be there. That car rode perfectly fine for the next, like, three, four years. We didn't have any problems with it. Uh, he, I would have given up on me. I wouldn't have given me a chance. My daughter shows up with a guy like that, that busts the car that I told him not to drive, looking the way I did. Bro, you're taking the bus home. <laughs> he saw, I believe he saw what we meant to each other. He knew that I was in church. He knew that regardless of how I looked, I loved God and I loved his daughter. I really believe he knew that we were the pieces that needed to be together. In September, or at the end of this month, it'll be 20 years that we've been married, and I thank God that he did not kick me aside. And as I was ending this, and I kept saying, I was like, man, God, this is amazing. This is how we need to see people. This is what legacy is, valuing people where they're at. Like, I, I, I was getting all this, and at the very end, I just felt like there was something left. There was something, I'm like, God, there's something that's not being said, something that needs to bring this all together. And he told me, he was like, verse 22. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, he sees you as flawless, and he sees you fully restored. I said, okay, so what's, that's good. He said, this means nothing. You will never properly value other people if you don't value yourself. 
If you cannot sit here and say, I am holy, I am flawless, can you say that about yourself right now? I'm sorry, I can't say that about myself right now. The week that I've been having leading up to this, I, I didn't, I don't think I'm flawless. That was the beauty of the word of God. It doesn't matter what I think because this is what he says about me. This is what I get to bring it back to, not to my opinion, not to what other people say that God says about me. I get to read it and say in verse 22, it says that he sees me as holy, flawless, and restored. And God said, if you cannot get that right, because you get... Maybe you don't agree with me, but in, in my opinion and in my, uh, I think because of my high functioning as a pastor, it is actually easier for me to think better of you than I think of myself. It just is. It is a lot of times easier for me to see what God sees in you before I see it in myself. Because I know me. I know me a lot better than you. I know me a lot better than I know you. It's true. And God says, and you know what the problem is there is that then you will never fully be able to pour into somebody. You'll never fully be able to value them properly until you fully understand how God sees you because that will always be in the back of your mind. True legacy, true value starts here. And if you can't, or if there's moments, I have them. It's going to happen. There is moments where you are going to say, no, I am not flawless. There's moments where you are going to say, no, I am not holy. And you just bring it back up a couple verses. And you remember that the blood today, exactly what we did, that by his blood on the cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself. Back to its original intent restored to innocence again. So if you cannot say that about yourself, you can't say that you are wholly flawless and restored, then you remember what his blood did and saying, okay, rewind. I am restored back to his original intent. I am innocent in his eyes. Because we can say this about people all day long. I can quote this stuff over you all day long. If I don't believe it about me, I'm never truly going to be able to pour it into you. I need you. I need everybody to stand up with me. If I can get the, the prayer team up here. If you cannot, in this moment, like I said, it may come more often, but right now, Everybody close your eyes. I'm going to read this over you again, and if you do not truly feel this, it's okay. And now there is nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy. He sees you as flawless, and he sees you fully restored. God does not see you as broken, just in need of some missing parts. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.